Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hello, property magicians. So we have a bonus episode for you today. You know that we randomly and spontaneously do bonus episodes on this show. They don't have a particular um, episode number. They just bonus content that we think you'll get incredible value from and that support all our other podcasts. Um, Today's uh, episode is on real estate trends on the African continent. And if you've just joined us, my name is Vangile Makwakwa. I'm your host for the show and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can unlock their ancestral wisdom around money, um, fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. And with me today is my incredible co-host. I love the incredible part. I am the incredible Dr. Miranda Prop Doc Mom on all the platforms, on Facebook, Instagram, and rarely on Twitter. I keep telling people this. So I'm a property mentor and I am the co-host of this Property Magicians show. On the mentorship, it's a 16-week beginner mentorship where I help you to come from curious investor to an actual property investor. I I help um, newbie investors in property. And today we've got the most incredible show. We are just talking Africa today and it is one of our exciting, exciting times. Yeah? Yeah. So then... Where do we even begin with Africa, our home? Uh, I don't know. But first, let me just quickly tell everyone why this show is so exciting for us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This show has been so exciting for us because Misa and I, when we started uh, Property Magicians, this podcast, our intention was very vocal. And we said that we want to start highlighting trends all over the African continent. Because often yeah. when we talk about Africa, people seem to lump it as one country, not Absolutely. realizing that there are, are like 54 different countries, right? Mm-hmm. And all these countries are very unique. They all have their own unique regulations around money, around real estate, around everything, basically, just mm-hmm. like every other sovereign country. So we've been blessed enough to go get guests from other countries. And we just thought, is, wouldn't it be incredible to actually show all the cool things that are happening in four different African countries that Absolutely. we have interviewed and gotten insights into around real estate? Because then it could start showing people the opportunities that are Absolutely. Yeah. And this is this is incredible for, for people in the diaspora because they left, some of them left, they were too young to yeah. even notice trends about real estate. Yeah. And then they, they want to invest in their home countries. Some mm-hmm. of them are in the diaspora out of desperation. Their countries are not functioning. And mm-hmm. there are important things that you may miss in, the, in these countries that we thought 
this is an investment opportunity. We've got to do this this episode. Then this is, mm-hmm. I think, I'm more excited about the episode than than our guests. Yeah. Yes, I am too because there's just so much happening um, yeah. on the continent, and I think this idea is also linked to the podcast that we had in episode 70 with Willie where I was talking about Zanzibar and wanting to go live in Zanzibar for a while but then the challenges of trying to find an Airbnb in Zanzibar and learning about your experiences from Rwanda and all that so let's go do you want to kick us off yeah please can Let's just talk about my favorite country, Lesotho. Lesotho is a landlocked country. Um, they get very upset when we call them the 10th province of South Africa, but it's a landlocked um, kingdom of Lesotho, mountainous kingdom of Lesotho. We had Mawini at episode 40 that shared the insights about land and land exchange and how, how um, the deeds are exchanged between people in Lesotho. It is a Yes, very close proximity to South Africa, but there are regulations and there are laws and because everything goes via the king. Yes, there is a land affairs department, government department, but everything, their title deeds are exchanged. You register it, Morening, that is their king of whatever district you are in and that's how it is exchanged. But what has she gone and done? She has done an short-term rental uh, 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 portfolio, property portfolio, and that's what she runs because Mm -hmm. she loves travel. I loved how she connected her passion of travel and living in other people's living spaces such that her Airbnbs are like home, away from home. Mm -hmm. Really like it. Do you remember anything else? It's guest houses. It's guest houses. Her properties are on booking.com. They're on TripAdvisor. And I guess somehow on Airbnb. So it's like she went and she created guest houses, which is just so incredible. Incredible. But not only that, remember. Country that attracts a lot of tourism. Yeah, it does. But not only that, some of her guests keep, uh, they are repeat guests Mm. because Lesotho runs on donor funds. So they've got lots of organizative, various international um, donor organizations that live there. So most of her guests are long-term repeat guests, or it will be repeat repeat visitors of those organizations because Mm -hmm. now she's become known. And that's because she came from that space. And I loved how she used her history in the workspace to create the business that she runs now in real estate. Really loved that. Yeah, really I love that. that. Right? Like yeah. how she was offering long-term rentals long before Airbnb started. Long before Airbnb. Yeah. Because, she, because of that, because Lesotho has people that are from the NGO space coming from uh, abroad and other countries yes. and needing yes. accommodation long-term. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I really, really love that because it's something I even forgot about that because being yeah. South African, like I don't remember about that. Oh, there is that donor uh, donor community. Mm-hmm. To. So mm-hmm. someone wanting to invest in Lesotho can take that into account. Into account. Absolutely. Have you got another country that you want to introduce? How about Zambia this time? 
Yes. Okay. So we interviewed um, Inutu from Zambia. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really incredible interviewing her because she didn't just come as an investor. She also came as a real estate agent who advises investors and helps invest uh, real estate investors set themselves mm-hmm. up in Zambia. And what we learned were a lot of incredible trends in Zambia, yeah. right? Firstly, yeah. it's that my favorite thing that I took away from Zambia, right? And also something to bear in mind for most investors is that most Zambian people love to buy property that all comes with land, right? Yeah. They value what we learned was that land is extremely valuable. Not that we had to learn that. We already mm-hmm. kind of were onto that. But in Zambia, people look at land and they really see it as valuable and they want to be able to buy the land and the property. And so there are some developments that happen. And some. And what we learned from Inutu actually is that what you can make a lot of money in Zambia just by buying land with no housing on it, a portion, yeah. and then selling off the portions of the, the lot. land that yeah. people can go and build for themselves. I was yeah. like, what? The yeah. land is valuable. So yeah. that is really, really interesting. And that, and that, remember that the young people in Zambia, they don't do what we do in South Africa, right? The minute they start working, they are looking for a piece of land to develop and they work towards a land. They will work in the CBD, they will move to a big city, but their main purpose, they will not live in apartments, for instance, because they live in apartments for rental. They never see it as something that you invest in. I really found that fascinating as a South African. Yep. So that was really, really powerful. And yeah. also there is um, a, the fact that they were even willing to rent. But also, I don't know if we, um, is it in my head where I remember us having this conversation about the starter home so that there's this gap then because what happens when people don't have the money to buy the land and we're just brand new you're fresh out of college and then you want to have your own place. There's this market that has, that is being developed. Um, that is, no, that. it's not in your head. It's exactly what she spoke about. And yeah. it is something that she has had to advise the government with, with several mm-hmm. investors because they had to make this starter home where you are living in the city because you've, you need to work there. But there is piece of land in the village that you've got an eye on. So they have built that some of them not very well managed at mm-hmm. currently but they do realize that it is something that is quite necessary the collaboration between private investors and government would help and assist most of these young people who move into cities you remember that very yes, very well then. i like that yeah Because obviously, when you're earning a salary, you just come from varsity. Uh, Some people are even coming back from living abroad. You no longer want to live in your parents' house, right? House, yeah. whole thing around like renting and all that. So now there needs to be this starter home. So there's this incredible gap that we learned about in Zambia. So I feel, I don't know, it suddenly feels like we're talking about real estate investing opportunities, not just... <laughs> but but, but well, if that happens, that would be nice. Guys. 
Yeah, but that there is a problem to be solved, right? In Zambia, there is a problem to be solved, and one or probably someone listening to us will just get into the gap. That's why we have this podcast, by the way. It is yeah. for in property investors anywhere. So, then, shall we quickly move on to the exciting countries again? Some more. <laughs> I'm gonna start with Kenya. I'm gonna start with Kenya because we had a we had a guest from Kenya. Um, Jackie is in episode, I can't remember which one, 56. 56. So Jackie is a Kenyan and her, she and her husband bought a house that's not really just a house, which became mm -hmm. an Airbnb. And she, that's how her strategy of doing Airbnb in her country. She incidentally has gone and lived now in Abuja in Nigeria, which mm -hmm. means she is studying a new market and she is finding new opportunities. I'll come back to that. Let's just talk a little about Kenya. Um, the place that she comes from is closer to the East Coast on the Mombasa side. And because because of how Mombasa is, it's a touristy place. When you own property there, there's an opportunity as a landlord to do Airbnb and start earning. Even when you are in the diaspora, she she even teaches the model of how to find an Airbnbable real estate piece of real estate, whether it's an apartment, whether it's a house. But theirs is a house, which I find fascinating that that is gold to buy a house and to think more carefully about where you buy right mm -hmm. so i like i like how she put how she put that and then you find a country that's right close to kenya rwanda is almost the same lots of people are going through rwanda because it is on the rise economically mm -hmm. right so what you find is that there are lots of donor organizations what do they use? Airbnb. Lots of rentable space in, 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 in Rwanda. But what is incredible that I keep complaining to Vangile about, and I did in episode 70, is that they have a terrible way of advertising these airbnb places. <laughs> <laughs> landlords just don't pay attention and it's such a gorgeous city Kigali and it is wow. beautiful and you find little spaces that you wouldn't have found anyway on the internet or if someone unless someone tells you about it you'll be sitting in an airbnb that's right next to where they grind coffee you can imagine waking up to the smell of coffee and wow. all these consortia yeah just beautiful there was this other apartment which is right inside of an art studio the way it's advertised on the internet is dismal but when you get there it is a it is just an explosion of colors. It is an exp wow. it's a beautiful place. And then the art gallery is right next to a restaurant. So you get an opportunity to just, when you wake up, you sit at a restaurant. You, you are sitting in an art gallery the whole time. You are, your eyes are stimulated by all sorts of things. So I, yeah. I really loved how Jakey opened my eyes to, to the Airbnb, not that I'm going to mm -hmm. take the model tomorrow, but and that's what I, I really liked about that. Sorry, Linda. Oh, oh, you're done. Sorry. You were saying? No, I just wanted you were to saying in and say, what I want to say that we've learned mm -hmm. from Jackie was something mm -hmm. just so 
interesting because we'd only listened to bigger pockets and heard about the rent to rent model from there. And then we realized that it was a thing in South Africa as well. Right? Yeah. And now we're learning that it's the same model all like not all over, we don't know, but in all these countries, which you mentioned was Kenya, was Nigeria, was Rwanda, that you can rent out apartments and then sublet them and put them up on Airbnb. Absolutely. Your landlords and then put them up on Airbnb. So this is something that is possible. And one of the things that she spoke about was how you can easily start earning about $2,000 $2,000 from one. Yeah, $2,000. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about how they were, I don't know if it was Nairobi or Mombasa, which was like she um, has clients that are renting just right next to the embassy, right? And because people have to go to the embassy, she's renting out her room at a really, really good price. And people are making a decent really? amount of money from real estate. Absolutely. And when I think about it, it's like, wow, the pricing is actually on par with what we know people are making in Airbnb spaces in other countries, you know? Mm-hmm. So these are this is such an incredible opportunity. No, absolutely. I like that, what you're saying then. And this 2000 um 2000 per month, $2000 per month, you mm-hmm. can make even without 100% occupation. And that's yeah. the nature of short-term rental. And I think in episode 70, Willie was 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 also confirming that the, the guy from the DRC who lives now in South Africa, you don't even need 100% occupancy. Your landlord will be paid, you will have paid the levies, and you will still make it, make it profit. I, I really like the, what, what Jackie had presented to us. Yes. Is there another country we haven't covered? Remember the uniqueness of Nigeria, Ben? Oh, yes. What we learned. Mm. Oh, wow. Nigeria is such a fascinating country, mm. um, which is that um, <laughs> unlike most countries in the world, in Nigeria, you pay your rent up front, 12 months up front. I tell you. So that's, <laughs> I mean, genius in a way if you're the landlord. <laughs> So it's really hard for the tenant, I imagine. But because it's part of the culture, what we learned is that this is just how, you know, things are done. So that is what we really, really loved learning about when it came to Nigeria. Um, There's there's opportunities mm. for Airbnb precisely because of that. Because if I'm coming through and I just need three months, then mm. I can. it's easier for me to do an Airbnb in Nigeria mm. for long term for three months versus mm. trying to get an apartment for three months. For three months, yeah. So also, I think what, what creates that is that leasing agreements are not reg- as regulated 
as they are in South Africa. Mm. So the landlords do not have time for negotiating lease agreements. It is, you're taking this apartment, it's yours, 12 months, that's it, pay and they leave. So we've got lots of regulations in between and we've got um, rental systems that monitor uh, uh, tenant behaviors in terms of rental payment in South Africa. So that makes that makes it unique. And I think most countries, Rwanda is almost the same. When you're taking six months, you pay the six months lease, lease payment and the agreements that are signed also because they are real estate uh, regulatory um, regulatory landscape is not very well developed. So most landlords ensure that people pay them upfront in that way. So very interesting, right? Yeah. That is fascinating. And what's also coming up for me is remember what we also learned about uh, Zambia and Nigeria was also this uniqueness around um, not always being able to access loans, bank loans. So people tend to buy a million dollar home in cash. In cash. Saving culture out there. So it just creates some really interesting, I think, investment opportunities, uh, but also new funding models that we're going to see on the rise as a real estate investing becomes more, um, I guess, more pertinent uh, yeah. with the with the younger generation because they have different ways of doing things and they have different needs. So that's Absolutely. an interesting thing to learn about. No, actually, on, on exactly that, on the funding, Ben, what, 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 what we spoke about on those episodes 50, 18 and 56 was Zambia, Nigeria, Rwanda as well, because the banks do not mortgage the same way as they mortgage in South Africa. The interest rates on mortgages are high. 18, 20%, 23%. In Rwanda uh, specifically, I remember uh, uh, Jackie referring to was that one of the other ways that the government was able to help government workers to buy, they use their, their government pension fund to subsidize government workers so that they can own their homes. So it is so funding and funding models in, in some African states is quite is, is quite a challenge at the moment. And most mostly it functions on cash. And I know that in Ghana I was told it's the same way. But yeah, very interesting, wow. right? Interesting because then that also opens up a whole new market. Remember what we were talking about with Jackie for Kenya, which is that if you, um, she was able to access U.S. dollar-based loans. At Remember a that. Interest. Yes. Right. So there's all these interesting models. Yeah. Um, here's ideas, and obviously there's also the group funding model. Um, yeah, they do crowdfunding. Yes. in South Africa. So yes. I guess it would be syndications in other parts of the world, yeah. uh, which is that yeah. uh, you get together as a group of friends, you buy property. Yeah. So one person buys property, then you come together, you put together money, and then you buy property. Buy the for next the next person. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, that's actually quite a great model. Even in South it Africa, is. it's the model that we are using right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. We we got we gained loads and loads from those episodes from mm-hmm. other countries. 
Well then, now that we've spoken about our um, other neighboring states for to South Africa, shall we come back home a little bit? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Do you want to kick us off with some? I guess well, South Africa is more trends. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the yeah. cool trends that you have noticed happening? Okay. I'm going to talk about the township uh, propertypreneurs uh, van. Yes. You know, we grew up on mod on the model of two rooms and a garage. I keep referring to this, where a, a person would build two back rooms inside of the same yard that they have and a garage mm -hmm. because we suddenly started having cars, you know, mm -hmm. and that our parents never saw as property investment and no one taught us. They were just built for survival or because there were too many kids in the house. So your brothers would then be moved, to, shifted to the back rooms, right? And yet, and yet, now we know it is an investing model that is actually easily accessible to us. And we had yep. several guests on the show, Ungonzo in episode 14, Witness in episode 37, Sadile in episode 15. They all have developed this township model of investing and they've changed what used to be just a back room, which used to be just a room into a room with a shower and inner toilet and that, that they can rent out. And that model is so easy because most of us then we end up with elderly parents or parents who pass away and the family home is left there and yeah. it's not earning anybody any money. And yeah. these township property printers are just showing us a model that is so easily accessible to all of us. Yes. Your township house, we can stop calling it just a family home that is not generating income. You can start cash flowing and actually provide opportunity for your younger siblings mm -hmm. or to grow your portfolio or to grow elsewhere, right? Wow. What, I'm what do you think? thinking yeah. of how Willie shared that when he was in the DRC um, oh, and gosh. dad passed away, they built... So, uh, Willie's episode 70, guys, 70. Um, mm -hmm. he shared how they took the family home in the Democratic Republic of Congo and they started building, they first rented it out to a church that paid them money and then gave them the church building and then they took the church building once that lease was up um, and they turned it into storage space and built extra rooms and yeah. all the siblings, which was in total 13 of them, all yeah. of them <laughs> money, that rental income helped fund all their dreams. So that rental yes. income every month was just the starting point yeah. uh, to get them started on their journey to on do their journey. And so they didn't the even know. And what do we usually Absolutely. do? We end up fighting over it, etc. We want to sell it, but it's an asset. What if we it's just started saying, hey, what if we build extra rooms now? We yeah. rent out the main house, we build out the we rent out the back rooms, and then we split the money equally every yeah. month between all of us, and then we just keep it moving. That's an extra income stream that's gonna even feed 
your grandchildren, right? Absolutely. And that's the legacy that our parents could only leave us. You know, we didn't have trust funds. That is your trust fund. And they used it so beautifully. You know what I remember about the township property, a a very heartening story that Ngonzo tells on the episode is that what is nice about owning um, township uh, properties is the feeling of Ubuntu. He doesn't need security, guys. He absolutely doesn't need security because your neighbors are your security. Your neighbors are the ones who ensure he had a fire in one of the apartments in one of the houses. of the in one of the houses that he owns and by the time he was called by the time he drove from his office to their property the neighbors were putting out the fire i really like that and yeah. that is a sense of what we know having grown up in these townships yes. you know that you've got people who ensure that your property is safe who know and see when your tenant runs and doesn't pay you rent i really like that i like yes. i like that very much yeah. And then the other model that really is awesome that I started getting into as well is the yeah. CBD model. So in, in the CBD model, mm. most of us grew up being told, especially in Johannesburg, yeah. if you ask any tourist or anyone like, oh my God, you're from Joburg. Oh my God, it's so scary. But you and I grew up in Johannesburg, <laughs> right? So, like, so we just like... Completely different. But yeah. the CBD model which is that you're buying a lot of properties in the CBD in South Africa are really affordable but you're buying a property at about 150,000 rand and then you're renting which is about let's just $115 for the dollar it's not really 10 you divide by 15 but for the math say about $15,000 and then you are renting it out at about 4,000 Rand a month or about $400 a month, right? So it's such an incredible model. It's a um, high cash flowing model. And we yeah. learned about this in episode 36 with Papa. And then Brian in episode 44 shared even more stuff and just blew our minds. You I know? tell you. He just... He told us how you can invest uh, 600,000 Rand in a property and turn it into a property that cash flows at 25,000 Rand a month. So using, again, the same conversion, guys, in dollars, people from all over listening, uh, (laughs) if you're doing dollars, then you're probably buying the property at 60,000 dollars and then you're renting it out at $2,500 a month. So it's literally taking you about two, three years to recoup your initial your capital. initial yeah capital. Absolutely. So, so such a great space. Okay, oh, I also is. just mention a small little thing. Um, yes. so I bought an apartment in the C B D in Johannesburg last year. Yeah, yeah. The caretaker for the building, the property manager, mm-hmm. spoke to Tatigazi. Uh, Tatigazi mm-hmm. and Mizo are actually managing that property for me. Yeah. And uh, spoke to them and said that we could enclose the balcony and yeah. make that into a bedroom. So now the property... Now it becomes a two-bedroom. It two becomes bedroom. a two-bedroom property. Oh, my goodness. Increase the pricing. 
right? Oh, yes. So, I mean, I was already making quite a bit on yeah. this property. And now it's going to cash flow for even more because we're yeah. enclosing the balcony and turning it into an extra bedroom and then increasing the pricing. How Absolutely. incredible is that? That is just incredible. And I really like... Yeah, yeah. So what I like also about the inner city is um, that there are special funds in, in, in South mm -hmm. Africa that have made, because our traditional banks are very risk averse and they are averse to investing or borrowing mm -hmm. us money to buy apartments in the CBD. But why the central business district makes sense for most people is they work close to work, so they have got no transport cost, they have access to shops, and they have no, I mean, there are inner city uh, schools, there are inner city play places, and they are at various, various levels of the yeah. inner city, actually, because there will be ones that are really, really cheap and you can, you, you, you have your peak. I mean, it's a market. It's a beautiful, beautiful way of starting, of kicking off your investment. I actually have mentees, a couple that are in the diaspora who have invested in three apartments in town, right? Wow. And, you know, you cash flow from day one. And what's nice yeah. is that they earn in dollars, they buy for cash, instantly they start earning. So the inner city, very, very interesting place to invest in South Africa. I, I really like that. Love it. Yeah. And I'm yeah. And, oh. and you know, one of our guests, Papa, has has got several units in town. Mm -hmm. And what's nice is that he walks to his apartments to go and manage and to <laughs> to go and see his tenants. So really, really amazing, amazing trend. I like the inner city, though. Um, remember, Brian, Brian and Ludwe spoke to us about the inner city as well. Uh, Ven? Yes, the inner city model. Yeah, the inner yeah, city which model. Which we just covered, right? <laughs> yeah, episode 44 is, is exactly that because Cape Town has a same element as in Johannesburg. Mm -hmm. We've spoken a lot about Johannesburg mm -hmm. and Brian, Brian is able to sell lots of units and people who are in the diaspora mm -hmm. are mostly the ones that buy there. Well, yes. I like that. That is such a good... A good um, note mm. that you're making, Nizo, because we mm. do tend to focus a lot on, um, Johannesburg. Sarah, uh, on Johannesburg, but we have had Lichle and Cohen, can't remember yeah. their episode numbers, and they yeah. operate within Cape Town. And I seriously do feel like Cape Town tends to have, has a higher return from the guests that we've interviewed. <laughs> It absolutely does. Yeah. It absolutely does. It doesn't matter where you go. And, you know, um, there is a township in Cape Town, Kayelicha, that we spoke to, mm. um, we spoke about with Ludwe in episode 45. Kayelicha is a historical site. Yes. It is not just any township. It's like investing in Soweto. Soweto Tends to, has got a Nobel Prize winners, two Nobel Prize winners. There is history mm -hmm. in Kaelicha, which I didn't know about that. So Kaelicha is on the rise as a township in Cape Town. And again, what makes us unique is that mostly with black people, they will be more, they will be more attracted and have courage to 
to to to actually um, invest in Kayelita, unlike the other color groups in South Africa, because townships, we yes. it's the only time we have an advantage over the other uh, over the other color groups. I really liked that. I really. Do you have any other model that you want to cover? Not in the... Yes, we do, actually. <laughs> we have got the Airbnb. I mean, the Airbnb model is huge, guys. It the is very, actually huge, hey? It's huge. And it has got so many permutations. It is, you know, it can be, yes, the seaside and the obvious holiday places. And mm -hmm. then it can be in a city where you didn't even think you could do an Airbnb. Remember our guest in episode eight, Benedict? Yes. Yeah, and he spoke a lot about how you go about setting up an Airbnb and how you have to get the uh, South African tourism to come and rate your Airbnb and how you go about getting the licenses because your neighbors are going to see various people coming in and out. And I think Willie mm -hmm. mentioned the same, right? Episode 70. Yes, yes. Mm. Talking to the neighbors, letting them know. Yes, yeah. that was yeah. really, really important. And yeah. I love how like, um, well, Benedict buys the properties and then turns yeah. them turns in. Them. Airbnb. Okay, yes, that's right? the difference. So that's actually so fascinating because there's many ways to do this Airbnb model. Yeah. Benedict is an investor. He goes, he buys the properties, and I lived in one of his properties, and yes. that's how we met, and I got him on the show because he had he buys properties and then he apportions them and turns yeah. them into 10 units that you can now Airbnb. And then yeah. what was interesting about uh, Willie in episode 70 is that he goes and he rents the properties and then he sublets them, yeah. right? So, he's, so in that model, you're talking to the landlord, you're telling them what you're doing, you're getting the price, um, you're renting the apartment at market price and then you're airbnb it. Absolutely. I think yeah. episode 32, Zakele, I feel like he, he applied the same model. He, <laughs> yeah, he lived in a three-bedroom house. He ended up with a good relationship with the landlord. Then he sublet some of the rooms and that's how he ended up building his business, the bus stop properties. Yeah, yes. I think he does short-term rentals. You were so right then. Episode yeah. 32 was very, very interesting. I love this. So shall we move on to the next model? South Africa, yes. what are we seeing? Student um, um, accommodation model. So uh -huh. I feel like we haven't, we've interviewed people even, um, we interviewed uh, Omaira from Suriname. And yeah, yeah. even then, like I think South Africa may be unique in the student accommodation model in that yeah. like um, our investors, property investors are working hand in hand with the government and universities to provide yeah. 
student accommodation for students and so there are certain regulations where you have that you have to meet so obviously yeah. our favorite is Michael's been in episode 25 <laughs> 25 was a domestic worker and she went and she got a building in the city center uh, which Mizo loves because she's like this just proves that real estate investing doesn't discriminate she always no, doesn't Mizo always says that so <laughs> it just proves <laughs> that real estate investing doesn't discriminate anyone can enter the market and so she yeah. took um, a building and she now cash flows at about 500,000 rand a month in mm-hmm. terms of rental income in that building which is about um well if we divide it by 10 it's about 50,000 dollars Yeah so that's a, how much she's making every month in her building which is just incredible to do that It from is. one building and yeah. um that shows what is possible with student yeah. accommodation then we also had Namkebo in episode 34 and yeah. she's a little like Majos Fine in yeah. that they both focus on how do you make how Mixing do you make this place so comfortable that your tenants want to stay here they are entire the entire time that they're doing the degree so someone who's doing a phd or a masters may stay for two years but your undergrads may stay for four years yeah. right and both of them are focused on that and with namgeba we also learned that she offers wifi she offers like um certain communal spaces just yeah. making it really really incredible and she then of it. course we had t9 episode 2 oh yay oh and my gosh it's so incredible because Tina's model she has a student accommodation for high schoolers that are yeah. coming from outside of South Africa to study mm-hmm. in South Africa so to get high schooling in South Africa and then she also has student accommodation in the location for uh university students who want to who need accommodation and they're staying in the township and passing into um into university into university in the mm-hmm. city in um mm-hmm. for Rhodes mm-hmm. University mm-hmm. so it's really really incredible and what incredible. i love most about Tina actually with all our student accommodation with all of them coming mm. up is you provide spaces that are beautiful right mm. and i think they apart from the airbnb model and i mm-hmm. guess also even with the township model this is the thing that keeps coming up with all of our guests is that you're not just doing real estate you're providing accommodation with dignity and yeah. you want spaces to be just so beautiful oh i like that way providing and so for the student accommodation all our guests are providing accommodation that is unique to students that Yeah. Mizo and I wouldn't care about half of these things. They would not no. require <laughs> for us when we're True. renting a space. But for them it's a requirement and because they're students. So we know Wi-Fi is a big thing. You want to make sure that they maybe have even access to Netflix and with um Tina she because she works to provide accommodation for high schoolers. She's also she cooking keeps, for them, right? So yeah, and she keeps good healthy breakfast, lunch, dinner, perfect. Yeah. 
but she also has Macoops Academy event. Don't remember, yes. don't forget. So she's a, a statistics uh, lecturer at Rhodes University, mm. and what she does, she has a business that developed out of that because she's got learners. So she mm. offers tutoring in maths and yes. instead so she has got um, a maths uh, tutoring school that she does even on YouTube and over Zoom mm. and then she provides transport for them because what happens is these kids come from our neighboring states your Zimbabwe Ghana everywhere they come to these absolutely good schools in the Eastern Cape they are parents what are parents looking for yes a beautiful space is fine but their parents are looking for safety and then mm. she's got a house mother who provides the meals, but she also has got a master student who becomes the almost like the caretaker of the place. So the younger students are living with someone who is older than them, a big sister mm. who provides some sort of some sort of supervision for the house. And I, I really like what you said. It's about dignity and the value add that you add, the meals, the safety, the Wi-Fi, the tutoring, yeah. the transport. So there is lots that, that goes on in providing student accommodation. Remember yeah. Majosphine, she's exactly yeah. the same way. She's a mama bear. All she knows yeah. is that girl children need to be able to be educated in a safe place. So what you, when you walk in, you instantly, your heart relaxes because she's provided that sort of accommodation. Really, really loved these episodes. Yes. Yeah, episode wow. 234 and 25, very outstanding. I, I like. Love I love it. I love it so much. Okay, yeah. and then our final um, model that, we were just talking about that I'm recently obsessed with um, that is a trend in South Africa that we actually haven't capitalized on at all. And I'm really fascinated to see how this is going to shift everything for us, right? Yeah. Once yeah. Into the mainstream is like mm -hmm. shipping containers, the container model. So container. Yeah. Home. Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> But for us, they've taken a while because even with one delay in episode um, 67, I believe. 67 uh, it is. Yes. So he was just saying that one of the challenges is like talking to people about shipping container homes because when we have container homes, they tend to be really small and it's out of necessity, but it's not the same thing, right? They're not the same homes, but we tend to associate them with a poverty or just like uh, being on bad economic terms for a while. So yeah. now though, but shipping container homes, what we're seeing is that they faster to build. Well, you can have a home in a month like a fully kitted one bedroom with plumbing and everything in one month and making money from that. And they are cheaper. And you don't have to worry about bricks and water and supervising and all that. Yeah, and foundation, so which is money. one of the biggest costs. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you can also move with them. A home yeah. that you can move with. So if totally. I'm from Johannesburg to Cape Town, I can yeah. literally move with my home. I just need yeah. to get land in Cape Town and I just have a fully fledged home or Absolutely. no matter how big the home is. So Absolutely. what does this mean? So we're really, really excited about this particular trend. This is we a are. 
most excited about because we think it's going to take off eventually. Yeah. And yes. regulation wise, then regulation wise, municipalities haven't actually placed. So in this yeah. time, what happens is you do not even have to apply for a rezoning certificate. He has placed yeah. um, in a, a very, very long container in one yard where there mm. are three, three different uh, bachelor flats. Yeah. But he didn't have to apply for rezoning because the structure is considered movable structure. So he has been able to to work that into the system. I really, I'm really watching this because your shanty towns, we've always associated them. And mm -hmm. here they are slow. You called it a slow trend when we were talking about it. It's a slow trend, but it's coming up. You know what? South Africa, and I guess it is a slow trend even globally, but yeah. we're seeing a lot more people do incredible things with container homes because you can have hotels. Now we're getting hotels, we're getting um, yeah. hospitals, we're getting hospitals. all sorts of buildings with uh, that are made out of shipping containers, and some of them. And we've seen them. We got emailed a link uh, after that uh, podcast, uh, Mizo and I, and it was showing us. Um, Box uh, Box Park box in Park. Yeah, yeah in London and also in uh, Dubai where Dubai. it's made out of shipping container homes which is like this just really great it's an entire mall made out of shipping containers shipping containers so then I want to speak and it doesn't take time to build unlike no, your mall I'm gonna take a year or two years to build this they talk about months two months yeah. three months and you've got a fully fledged mall how incredible yeah. and apparently it's cut up and assembled and demarcated mm -hmm. on site on their site the provider mm -hmm. of the container so um one dealer owns a company called smart living so mm -hmm. they assemble they insulate they paint and 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 put all the finishes and then they haul it with a truck and then when it arrives on site, then they do the plumbing and, mm. and electricity. And, you know, it takes them less than a month to do that. And then they sort out all the other things. There's something else, the final thing that I want to talk about in, in, in South Africa that we are seeing. You know, COVID has totally disrupted the office market, totally. And two things are happening because office spaces are standing empty. And there's a new term that I am constantly seeing, Vanille, on the newsletters and all the real estate magazines of semigration. People are moving from the central um, business district to move their offices into suburban areas. That means people can walk literally walk to their offices because the hybrid model of working is becoming a trend and people have found out that actually you don't need to be driving in the traffic and getting to the office one what what it creates is flexibility of time partly in the office partly at home number two you are not fixed you are not tied to fixed rigid leases with your landlord so you know, and, and, and people are able to rotate because of social distancing. We, do, we can't all be in the office. People are able to rotate, but also corporates spend less and less money 
on electricity and keeping a whole office block alive. So it's, you know, I don't know where it's going. It's less than 12 months since we've had COVID, okay? It's yeah. March, it's 12 months later, but we are seeing that the office market is totally disrupted. Commercial, commercial spaces are standing empty. It's a ghost town. It really, this really is exciting. Is a, the opportunities it is exciting. are limitless. Yeah. So we are seeing what we've seen, at least two models that we've seen. I've seen an office that has been repurposed into um, apartments and then a hotel that has been repurposed into an apartment that we hopefully are going to be involved with. I'm actually place. You are. You are. I'm in a hotel. Luckily, it was like um, one of those all-suite hotels where it's a one. I have a one bedroom because I yeah. But like there's one bedrooms and two bedrooms. The hotel already had like a kitchen and a lounge. And um, the owner just turned it into um, apartments. Apartments. And there's long-term rentals. You sign a lease. You do everything. But they also offer semi-hotel services. So you can sign on as part of your monthly lease, which I look at that. You can sign on for monthly internet and you can sign on to have your room cleaned every week. Um, and also have bedding and sheets changed every changed. Oh my goodness. So that's what I've got. I've got that if you don't take that package, you pay less that it works really, really well. And they also, um, and as part of that, you also never have to take out your own trash. If you have that model away, they clean for you and everything. Every day they come, they change your trash. They take that's what I'm talking about. So yes. that's it. So repurposing is, is, is slowly becoming a trend yes. and we will probably be involved with one of the projects. We'll let yes. you know on our podcast. This is like, so we've given you a whole range of what happens in the African countries that we are aware of. And we are, yep. this is our intention that this year we are going to have more and more of the, the neighboring states on our podcast so that we learn about the trends in those countries. Then have you got anything else? No, I'm just, I'm just like, wow, this was actually a great episode. So guys, as usual, we look forward to hearing your comments. Let us know what you thought of this. What are some aha moments that are clicking for you? I know that you guys have heard me go back and forth on the podcast about who should I, there's so many cool opportunities in Kenya and Rwanda. Do I want to go the Airbnb model with that? What are some of the things that have been coming up for you after Mm -hmm. listening to this? And of course, our final ask is that um, leave us a comment, but we are also now on iTunes. We are also now on Spotify. Please leave us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Let us know your thoughts on the podcast. Leave us a five-star rating for sure. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you. And thank you, Van, for a lovely episode. Yeah, thank you, Mizo. And we'll see you on the next episode, Property Magicians. Oh, and don't forget to share this episode with all your family and friends, right? Absolutely. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help 
people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at Miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at Miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.